Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. Have you noticed the past couple weeks, oftentimes as you drive around in the morning, there's been fog out, fog that can get kind of thick too. I was talking with someone recently who said they just feel like they've been in a fog lately. Well, living in a sin-filled world has a way of doing that. But today, we'll hear about a different cloud and a voice that came from the cloud. And so when sin fogs up our lives, listen to what came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. We listen to the voice of our Savior as he guides us through cloudy days here. Uh, We celebrate the Festival of the Transfiguration today using the order of service that's printed out for us in our worship folder and projected on the screen. Let's begin by singing hymn 392. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And also with you. God invites us to come into his presence and worship him with humble and penitent hearts. Therefore, let us acknowledge our sinfulness and ask him to forgive us. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful 
and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. For all that we need in life and for the wisdom to use all your gifts with gratitude and joy, hear our prayer, O Lord. For the steadfast assurance that nothing can separate us from your love and for the courage to stand firm against the assaults of Satan and every evil, hear our prayer, O Christ. For the well-being of your holy church in all the world, and for those who offer here their worship and praise, hear our prayer, O Lord. Merciful God, maker and preserver of life, uphold us by your power and keep us in your tender care. The works of the Lord are great and glorious. His name is worthy of praise. pray. O God, in the glorious transfiguration of your only begotten Son, you confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah, and in the voice that came from the bright cloud, you foreshadowed our adoption as your sons. In your mercy, make us co-heirs of glory with Jesus our King, and bring us at last to heaven through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Later on in the gospel, we'll get to hear how Elijah was there in glory with Jesus. Here in the first lesson from 2 Kings chapter 2, we see how this faithful servant of the Lord was taken to glory uh, to be with him forever. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. 
Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance, facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. This is God's word. In our second lesson from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we see Jesus' face shining brightly, yet not on the mountain, but in the glorious gospel, the gospel that we hear at St. Paul's own that belongs to each of us as believers, and we get to let that shine in front of others. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. This is God's word. stand. The gospel for today from Mark chapter 9, it's the basis for our sermon. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen, until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, whose glory far outshines the sin and struggles here below. Amen. God's word we consider in the sermon today from Mark chapter 9. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When you're on top of a mountain, everything changes. You can see so much farther from way up high. On a clear day, you can see for miles around. You can see mountaintops, other valleys. You can see villages. You can see so far. Also on a mountaintop, everything else down below seems so small. Tall trees look like little toothpicks. Mighty gushing rivers look like little leaky trickles. Everything changes, especially with your outlook when you're up on a mountain. When Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration, his appearance completely changed. As you and I spend time with Jesus and Peter, James, John, Moses, and Elijah this morning, may our outlook on life be completely changed on the mountain. Especially as we consider the brilliant company there with Jesus on the mountain, and also as we listen to his beloved counsel. Not long before this, Jesus had impressed upon his disciples and put in front of them the necessity of the cross. Later on in Mark chapter 8, he said, I'm going to have to go and suffer at the hands of the Jewish leaders and die and then rise again. And not just for me, the cross is a necessity for anyone who would be my disciple. You have to deny your sinful nature, your sinful self, pick up your own cross, and follow me. Oof, the disciples did not like that. It didn't sit well with them at all. Peter rebuked Jesus, took him aside. James and John, later on, they wanted a seat at Jesus' right and left hand without any suffering at all. They wanted all the glory, but no cross. Jesus insisted, the cross is necessary. And then six days after that, here we started in the beginning of Mark chapter 9, six days after that, when there was time for that to sink in with his disciples, Jesus also wanted to show them what happens on the other side of the cross beyond the cross. So there on the mountain, Jesus was transfigured before them. That word transfigure means to completely change. Now that's not saying that Jesus completely changed. No, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But Jesus' appearance changed. The glory that Jesus had with the Father from before the beginning of the world burst through and shined forth from Jesus, much like the sun peeking its head over a mountaintop. In Matthew's Gospel, Matthew emphasizes that Jesus' face shined like the sun. Yet here in Mark's Gospel, he highlights Jesus' clothing became dazzling white, whiter than anyone else in the world could ever bleach it. This would have really resonated with the Roman audience, initial audience of Mark, because in their society, the, the whitest clothing, the, the brightest bleached clothing was reserved for the most distinguished in their society, the candidate for a senator, someone who would represent the people, someone who would rule for the people. So all of those thoughts could be swirling around in the minds of those who originally read this Jesus' transfiguration, 
His clothes shining white, dazzling, whiter than anyone else in the world could ever bleach them. But that proved that Jesus is truly the Son of God. That glory shining bright there on the mountain. And there, on the mountain talking with Jesus, was Moses and Elijah. Now Luke's gospel mentions what they were talking about. Jesus' departure from Jerusalem that he would bring to fulfillment there. But Mark simply mentions who this company was. The company with Jesus up there on the mountain. And they were there, appeared with Jesus in glorious splendor, brilliant, so to speak. These were men, these were believers who followed the Lord in faith, regardless of the suffering and the crosses and the self-denial that went along with it, following through hardship, and now with the Lord in glory. Think of that brilliant company, Moses. Moses was a shepherd out in Midian, enjoying life with his sheep and his wife. He had two sons. Yet rather than stay there, the Lord called him. And Moses followed the Lord. And Moses faced stubborn Pharaoh, had to deal with that. And then the stiff-necked Israelites for 40 years. And they more often grumbled than they were grateful. And then, at the end of Moses' life, he didn't even get to set foot physically in the land of Canaan, the promised land. Yet he followed the Lord in faith, carrying his crosses, denying himself, whatever suffering came his way. Then there was Elijah. Elijah spent much of his life hiding from bloodthirsty Jezebel, who was going around and slaughtering the rest of the prophets of the Lord. Also, heralding the good news, heralding a message of repentance, too, to the northern kingdom of Israel, people who kept wavering back and forth between serving the Lord and serving Baal and other false gods. Elijah felt ready to give up and just be done with it all and be dead. Yet the Lord graciously called him, graciously gave him strength, to continue following underneath his crosses until he was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah, by the way, after following Jesus, uh, following the Lord through this life under the cross, has the distinction of being one of the only people to go to heaven without experiencing death. Following in faith. Yet then Peter spoke up. He said, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. Yes, it was good for them to be there. Yet just as Peter oftentimes speaks up too quickly and usually rather foolishly, what good would it have done for them all to stay up there on the mountain? Jesus had a cross to carry. Peter didn't realize what he was talking about. Peter was looking for things to be glorious. Just stay this way. Let's keep it easy, please. Yet, times of rest are important. Uh, Jesus himself needed to rest. Yet this life is not one long mountaintop vacation. And unfortunately, Peter's suggestion here has often become our slogan in life. Can't we just get away and stay away? Can't we just avoid troubles and struggles? Oh, it's too difficult to manage money the way God guides me to and the way God prioritizes it, so I'm just going to let go on that. Christian parenting, Christian marriage, takes so much work. Just, just want to get away, go to the top of a mountain, and escape it. Not going to deal with it anymore. Being a member of a church with different sinful personalities and struggles in a church, just want to get away from that, go set up shop somewhere else, 
anywhere else. Yet Peter's suggestion avoided the cross. And that was so important. So let our outlook on life be completely changed by this beloved company, this brilliant company there on the mountain with Jesus. They were willing to follow Jesus through suffering, yet keeping their eyes on the Lord's promises, looking ahead to the glory that lay ahead for them. And most importantly, Jesus did that for us. Jesus hung in darkness so that you and I have a spot there on the mountain of the Lord, heaven, in eternal light, where he will be our light. He will be our lamp. No need for a sun or a moon anymore because Jesus was rejected by his own people and by the government and by God himself on the cross. You and I get to be together with him and Moses and Elijah and Peter and James and John because Jesus' garments were divided. Our shame is covered covered in the brilliance, in the radiance of Christ's dazzling righteousness. That's ours. So change your outlook on life. Be ready to follow the Lord through thick and through thin. Learn from this brilliant company. They were wise for salvation and now they shine like stars. And we are too. Wise for salvation, following Jesus, looking to his cross with crosses of our own to carry as well. But not only this brilliant company teaches us on the mountain, also the beloved council. All of a sudden, there was a cloud hanging over Peter, James, and John. A cloud above them on the mountain. This cloud was none other than the glory of the Lord. Matthew, in his gospel account, mentions that this was a bright cloud, yet it was terrifying for the disciples. This was the same cloud that the Lord spoke from, that thundered at Mount Sinai. From this cloud, the Lord brought judgments on those who rebelled against him as the Israelites were on their way to the Promised Land. This cloud caused the Israelites to tremble and say, someone speak to us, someone go between us and God. They were terrified. Yet the voice that came from the cloud is the same voice that reassures you and me in the face of God's wrath. It's God's beloved son, Emmanuel, God with us, God born for us, God who lived in our place, God who went to the cross for us, God who is with us through all of our crosses and struggles. Don't give up. Listen to this voice, the beloved voice of God's Son. Think about it. This was God's beloved Son. If God the Father was willing to send him to the cross... Oh, how much he loves you. How much he cares about you. From eternity past to eternity present, he loves you, willing to do anything for you, give up anything for you, even his only son. So we listen to God's one and only son. That's where we find peace. We heard his words at the font. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Words that put God's name on you, marked as his child. Sins washed away, forgiven. We hear his voice as called servants speak on his behalf. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When those words come to you, that is the same as if Jesus himself were standing here. This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. 
We listen to him gathering around his word and sacrament month after month. And today, as you come forward for communion, listen to him again. This is my body. This is my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. This wipes away all doubt of God's love for you, all in Christ. Yet, what Jesus said here, listen, or what the Father said, listen to Jesus, the disciples might have felt a little bit confused as Jesus said this. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Strange. Why in the world would we keep this to ourselves? Jesus just proved, he just showed his glory up on the mountain We'd want to tell people about that. Aren't we supposed to tell other people about Jesus? This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 reminds us there is a time for everything under heaven, a time for every activity. There's a time for war and peace. There's a time to speak and a time to remain silent. A time to mourn and a time to rejoice. Think about it. What did the disciples especially struggle with? Competition. Later on in Mark chapter 9, they were already arguing about who was greater. If Peter, James, and John had started telling the other disciples, we got to go up on the mountain with Jesus, it would have turned into a competition among themselves. What happened up on the mountain was to give confidence in Jesus, not bring about conceit in the disciples. Furthermore, Jesus gave them these orders. If Peter, James, and John had told the other disciples what happened on the mountain, those other disciples might have been fixated on glory. Don't want to worry about everything here. They struggled with, Jesus is going to come and drive out the Romans, right? He's going to set up an earthly kingdom here. No, they needed to see the cross first. And that's what we get to do as we follow Jesus to the cross this Lent. Listen to him. Accept his words. Trust in him. Follow him through whatever difficulties come. From the mountaintop, you can see so far on a clear day from this mountaintop, God has given you the ability to see so far into eternity to see the face of Jesus shining brightly from his word that you get to be there with him because of his cross. And when you look down from a mountaintop, everything down there seems so small. The troubles and the temptations and the sins that we face now, they only last for a short time. When we get to look back on them from eternity, we can say thank you, Lord, for leading us through, for carrying us through this. And one more thing about being up on top of a mountain, when the conditions are just right, you can hear quite the echo, echo, echo. As we leave this mountaintop today, let the words of God echo in your ears. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. You are my children, whom I love. Continue to listen to Jesus and follow him. Let your outlook on life be completely changed because of what happened on the mountain here and then the mountain on Calvary. All until Jesus comes flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet and we'll be completely changed clothed with immortality imperishable shine like the sun with him in glory amen please stand now may the peace of god which goes beyond all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in christ jesus amen we confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. 
We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Continue with prayer. Jesus, you are the Lord of the church. We thank you for leading Andy Dice to continue teaching and being our athletic director at St. Paul's, and also for leading Emily Panzer to accept our call as permanent 4K teacher. Please bless the ministries of these called workers. Also, please give wisdom and clarity to our first grade teacher, Dawn Johnson, as she considers a call that she received to teach 5K at Salem in Milwaukee. Send more workers into your harvest field so that roots may run deep in your word and souls may be reaped to the eternal joys of heaven. Heavenly Father, we ask you to be with some of our members this week who are facing surgeries. Please be with Sharon Paul as she goes through surgery on Tuesday. Also, Danny Damro as she has surgery on Thursday. Please bless the work of the surgeons. Uh, give them wisdom and skill and success. Uh, please also uh, lead those who are undergoing these surgeries and their families to look to you for all comfort and strength. Uh, and please grant smooth recoveries through this as well. In our Savior Jesus' name, we also join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. be seated for the distribution. Also, if you're visiting with us today, please note our practice of close communion here at St. Paul's. 